This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know him from Impact Social Media. You know him just on social media in general. He is Garrett Kidney. Garrett, how you doing, buddy? Hello, friends. There's no reason to fight over me. <laughs> it's like a two-minute, like, you intro him. No, you intro him. Oh, he's so cool. Listen, I'm not that important. I disagree. I disagree, Garrett. Uh, you you are the Impact historian, the the absolute best just when it comes to, to Impact Wrestling. And I'm going to go ahead and address the immediate thing that everybody wants to know about ahead of Victory Road and Impact 1000. How do you get the social media clips up so quickly when something else happens in the world of wrestling? People are like, how do they have, do the people not realize how fast you can send a tweet? Listen, to pat myself <laughs> on the back, it's pretty fast. But, and I do have like a, a library that has like 7,000, I think, impact clips of some variety, just sitting on an external hard drive ready and waiting to use in any given moment. But even if I didn't, like the, the time it would take me to download the full episode, post it, and uh, get it out would be about seven or eight minutes. That's assuming I don't have the clip. But like, not to expose the business and be like, oh, tweets are actually really fast to send you guys. It does, does require an extensive editorial process to go through. Uh, uh, but yes, I do, have, I do have an external hard drive that has, uh, not including full shows, I think about 600 gigabytes worth of clips. And if you include the full shows, it's up to like eight terabytes. Uh, just waiting on my desktop to be used at, well, not desktop, external hard drive, to be used at any given moment when anything ever happens in the history of wrestling. And we all know everything can be traced back to TNA. Everything can be traced back to Impact. It's the invention of everything in the history of wrestling. So it's quite easy, actually. Good God, the cockroach mentality continues to live forever <laughs> and ever. The bomb goes off. What happens? Uh, Samoa Joe talked about it on like April 2006. <laughs> Here's the clip. And it's, there's no Twitter. There's no X. There's no Instagram. It's just Garrett with like <laughs> written paperwork of this happening playing the video on my like last six percent charge on an ipad to the four <laughs> people who have survived the apocalypse it's like oh look at this samoa joe jeff hardy match i was actually thinking about doing because mjf's promo was entirely just the scott steiner he's fat in just a more eloquent way so i think you're just doing the scott steiner he's fat that night but then the, the jeff hardy samoa joe match just fell right in my lap that's my favorite thing is when like it can be taken as a TNA reference, but you make it a TNA reference anyway. Of like, yeah, the this this MJF promo calling Samoa Joe boy, the Doughboy. Uh, this is actually a reference to Scott Steiner. He's fat. It's like you know, you just take any little inkling of it. Like this is actually a TNA reference. It's so good, so good. You see, the bright side of Impact having now, as we come up next week, a thousand episodes. That's a lot of episodes to draw from upon which literally everybody in wrestling has appeared at one stage or another over those thousand episodes. So there is always something. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Dreamer cutting a promo this past week. You have a last night's show being like, The Simpsons hit 750 episodes and Impact's about to hit 1,000. And I'm a big Simpsons fan. I was just like, no way that's true. And it's accurate. And Impact 1000 uh, is shaping up to be a very interesting, fun card. And every time they announce something or a match or whatever it is, I'm like, is this a three-hour show? Because it feels like you're about to announce a three-hour show. 
very strange to me, but it's very exciting. How are you looking forward to that? Yeah, not to go into the the classic Jeff Jarrett. They said we wouldn't last a week. They said we would, but like if you read the Observer at the time, oh no, I'm going to be a guy who gives up about Dave Meltzer in a podcast. What have I become? But... <laughs> we just spent like the first fifteen minutes doing a bit with it, so you're good. <laughs> it, it's what everybody descends to eventually. It's the I have become the Joker moment of wrestling podcasts when you eventually give out about a thing Dave Meltzer said because it's inevitable. We all get there. But if you read the Observer when Impact launched on FSN in 2004, it is very doom and gloom. It's like they're buying a time slot that can't possibly last. It's not going to survive. It's going to be their last hope before they go out of business. And here we are, 19 years later, on the verge of episode number 1,000. I think there's only three wrestling shows that have more than 1,000 episodes. I think it's Raw, SmackDown, and believe it or not, Bottom Line slash Afterburn. Yes, Scott Stanford is still in that studio every week, still producing that clip show for international markets. Believe it or not, that's a st thing that still happens. So there's not very many wrestling shows. Like WCW Monday Nitro had like 270 or something, didn't it? And now we're all the way to 1,000 episodes of Impact. A thousand of them. That's so many episodes of Impact. It is like, it's a feat of television, not just pro wrestling television. Aside from like, you know, daily shows or, or talk shows or late night stuff that airs daily. There's not a lot of shows that get that high. It's usually like, you know, talk shows, soap operas. And that's about it in terms of episode counts that get over a thousand. And now Impact's about to hit a thousand. A okay, thousand episodes. Favorite one. Now you got to pick your Do favorite I... episode. My favorite episode of Impact, I like the, like, it's funny, it was hated at the time, people detested it, but like the main event Mafia Takeover episode is great fun, it's very stupid, like Scott Steiner, Reagan, they're trying to pronounce the word Kong, uh, Kongtourage, and ended up calling it Kong Fucius, and that's the same show that has the, the classic Booker T commentating over his own run-in bit, and, and Chet Snow, or uh, uh, Snow. Chet Lemon and, and Black Snow on commentary. <laughs> uh, so that that's a fun episode for Ben just being very, very silly. There's a lot of episodes that have like, great moments. Like, like, for me, the best moment in the history of the show is like, the Kurt Angle debut. Like that moment, like that energy when he walks out there, he confronts Samoa Joe, there's the headbutt, there's Mike Tanay and Don West losing their absolute goddamn minds on commentary. There's the, the impact zone going crazy. There's two like generational stars facing off for the first time in a dream match people probably never thought was possible. Like that moment for me, that sticks out in my mind. But like, uh, you know, wrestling in terms of full episodes is a weird thing because obviously episodes of wrestling are, you know, usually nine segments, maybe more. So sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. I don't, I don't really think about full episodes a lot. Don West, uh, we, we unfortunately lost him. And I think I think you've said it. I think a lot of people have said it. But how good he would have been in this era. Look at that. Uh, how good he My would Don have West been. microballer on the desk. <laughs> Love it. How good he would have been in this era of like quick clips, quick quotes and everything. Cause a lot of that stuff still lives, but like if he was doing it today when everything was just so quick uh, and you know, you, you'd be posting it online immediately after it happened. Like it's very unfortunate. I'm glad Don West is now getting. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
marketing his flowers of like, yeah, this guy, because when he first got hired and everything is like, oh, don't know about this. This is not working at all. And now he's getting his flowers of like, yeah, this guy actually brought a lot to the product. And it was just cool to see someone just genuinely excited to like call professional wrestling and like, well, he'd give you the hard Don West sell, but that was something that he he was a master at. So just to speak more about uh, Don West and just his overall influence on Impact and just uh, really social media in general. Yeah, I was I was thinking when he passed when when he did particularly in the early days in the asylum, like those first pay per views when it was just him and Mike after Ed Ferrara had left. When he did those like hard sells, those like two minutes will just put the camera on Don and he'll pitch next week's weekly pay-per-view. If those happened in 2023, they'd go viral every week. Like those, you have got to see this. And the card is often terrible. It's often like, it's Don Harris against Malice in a first blood match, terrible match. Nobody could possibly want to watch it. But Don West is like, blood as red as my shirt. You will need to see this thing. And it's like, I will buy, well, I, I, I was 10. I wasn't buying any weekly pay-per-views in 2002, but I would imagine the average person watching those is like, I have to come back next week. I need to see whatever, even like the Don West pitch would have become a selling point. As yet, like if you go back and watch, as I said, those those early shows are so great for a guy earnestly, enthusiastically falling in love with professional wrestling in real time because he wasn't really a wrestling fan. So when you watch, like, go back to the first TNA show when when there's like a hurricane runner or a drop kick, the man loses his mind because he's seeing these things for the first time, and it's so earnest and it's so enthusiastic and it's so like honest and sincere and not performative which I think is a really important part of it. He's not faking his enthusiasm. He was never like putting on an act. He was never, you know, being energetic for the sake of being energetic. That was just him. He was just an enthusiastic salesman who fell in love with wrestling. And I, I'll always say like, it was a travesty the degree to which he got criticism while he was an active announcer. Like, I'm so glad that the world has come around on Don West, but he was like, he was given untold criticism while he was an announcer. Like he was winning, like, he was in the worst wrestling announcer to go back to Dave. Dave's voters in this case, uh, the, the Observer Awards, if you look at them, every year, worst announcer is in there. And it's crazy because he was so good. And I'm so glad, like, in the years past, like, people have really, like, re-examined that Mike Denae, Don West team and realized we, did, we didn't really appreciate what we had while we had it. There was a very um, lean time to be an Impact Wrestling fan. How did you... How did you keep your fandom throughout that? Because I know I definitely waned from time to time. And what brought me back was when the Anthem sale went through and they came to Ottawa for Bound for Glory. That was uh, 2016 or 2017. That that brought me back and I've stayed since. But like, what's kept you as a fan throughout the Impact years? Yeah, because like the same, the closest I would have come to like just giving up on them was like that 2017 year where it was like the Jared comeback that just didn't get off the ground and the GFW stuff that I think rubbed everyone off the wrong way. <laughs> the green ropes give us all, gives us all flashbacks. But like that year is like the, the most down. But then, you know, as you said, when it picked back up in 2018 and there's a lot more character and a lot more like uh, better like signings made in terms of like Brian Cage, Lucha Bros coming in, people like that. Uh, and I don't know, like for the entire history of 
TNA, it was never smooth sailing, I, I guess, you know, even in its best days, there was always like, oh, well, if only if it didn't have this or didn't have that, or if only this period lasted longer and they didn't rehire Vince McMahon in 2006, if only any of these things could have happened. So I, I think a little bit of disappointment and bitterness was always built in so that it never built up to the extent that it would explode. And I, I never had like a, a toxically positive relationship as my camera has completely disappeared. There you go. Uh, toxically positive. I don't have a webcam, so I, I have to do an elaborate setup where my phone is technically connected via Wi-Fi. I could really buy a webcam, but um, I, I never had like that. You know, you know, I have to be positive about TNA, and then everyone you see every time who is in that mindset, who is like toxically positive, eventually breaks because there's always going to be stuff you never like about a thing, and it's okay. You can accept that it's 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 okay for something to have flaws, and I think I have always had that like realistic approach that I can I can deal with the good times and deal with the bad and cling desperately to the things I like in a show during periods where there's more things that I don't like than like. But there is usually always things I like, like even in the the Russo years, which are funnier to look back on now because they're funny bad at the very least, which you can always appreciate about Vinnie Rue. Like the man could write bad television in a way that was at least largely entertaining except maybe towards the death of wcw um but yeah uh, i was i've always been cynical i think <laughs> this is the answer to your question i've always i've, I've never broken I, I, <laughs> well, look i love bad television are you kidding me yeah the vince russo <laughs> episodes with the abyss and the the casket coming down is one i very very vividly remember um but the the candle abyss ruled by the way uh i, I know there's oh, nice. people yeah, people posting clips of him, the, the matches with Sabu, which were great. Obviously, the AJ matches always stick out and just are fantastic top-tier matches. And it is a shame he like, he did great stuff in, in Impact that he was not more revered on a bigger level. Um, you know, now he's doing agenting for, for WWE. He brought balloons to WWE many, many years ago as well. Um, I, I was gonna... his resume at the time, actually. It's, you know, <laughs> 14 years. I might need a producer job. Just think about it. Uh, I'm going to ask for a scoop here, Garrett. I don't know if you, you have the insight on this, but are we going to see the six-sided ring for Impact 1000? I don't think so. But oh. uh, there, there's a lot on that show that, that I think people will love and enjoy. In, in terms of uh, TNA history and impact history, it's all been announced more or less. You know, AMW will be there, my favorite tag team of all time. A, a tag team that, like, Abyss at least was through TNA history during the times when TNA was, like, most watched during the, the, the peak of the spike year when, like, 1.52 million people were watching every week. AMW were, like, unfortunate that they're, like, they were still in the early days of Spike, where they would have gotten, like, a million people watching-ish in the early days of Spike. But, like, Beer Money is the team people remember for James Storm, and I've always been an AMW guy, so I've always, always been a trap to see. So it's, it's so nice to see them. And, like, seeing guys who were on episode one, which is really cool. Like, Frankie Kazarian, Eric Young, Chris Sabin, AMW, Scott Demore, all those guys who are on the first episode, who will still be there for episode 1000, which I think is really, really neat to actually have that continuity going through. And Gail Kim and Awesome Kong coming out of retirement, both of them, oh, the legends of the knockout vision. And, like, the fact that so much of, like, Impact of 1000 is built around women is really, really cool. And I, I don't think that would be the case for any other company that they would have the actual legitimate history to draw off of. That like so much of the promotion that people being brought back with Gail and the beautiful people and Tracy and Kong, like that tells you how important the women's division has been to Impact for like 15 years of its 19 year run for most of those episodes. And it's, it's really cool that that's like a really large component of episode 1000. Yeah, I kind of I put it out there the other week that you know North American women's wrestling impact is 
almost certainly the place to go for that if you're looking for your fill. If you want multiple women's matches, you want talented women who are working hard on that roster, you know, that's no shade at AEW or WWE. You're just getting a full fill and different characters and different storylines coming out of Impact. Uh, and you're right, that that 10-woman knockouts tag uh, is going to be something fun. And I think a lot of people are just excited not only for, for them to knock it out of the park, but also who the special... Uh, guests are going to be the special, uh, the, the secret entrance, as they would. <laughs> the the question marks, one of which is three question marks, one of which is two. Oh, I don't know why, cute. but what what could be read into that? What does it mean? <laughs> I assume, I don't know if you make the graphics, but now I'm just going to assume you're dropping Easter <laughs> I, I don't, egg I don't, I don't on the, the graphics. graphics. <laughs> <Doesn't> <laughs> who has a three, who has a, a three, uh, not letter, but, but three It's names. like syllables, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> each question mark is a syllable? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> This is how I'm gonna gonna read into it. Look, they need to bring back the six sided ring for one of these matches. I don't care which one it is. I, I just give me give me the six sided ring on this. Um, the the current state of of Impact Wrestling. We have Impact Victory Road tonight, which looks like a, a really fantastic show. I mean, I've I've spoken about it, but like I'm really looking forward to Josh Alexander and, and Steve Macklin. That's a match we were supposed to get many months ago. Unfortunately, we had the injury to Alexander. Then Macklin got hurt. Back more or less a, a number one contenders match um so i'm really looking forward to that uh your thoughts on just everything going on on impact right now and where the the company currently stands it's a pretty exciting period especially like the, the last few weeks where you've had multi-person united 2 a really cool crossover show with new japan straight the next week into victory road or into emergence in toronto which is i think a really cool show and now two weeks later again we have victory road which is again a, pr a pretty stacked card you know guns and rascals kushida leo rush jordan grace returning against diana like up and down that card a bunch of cool stuff and then like tomorrow you have a thousand flare next thursday and then you go straight into bound for glory like will osprey returning so there's it's a bunch of stuff and UK tour right after that. So I think it's it's like it's a very newsworthy period for Impact. It's a very exciting period for Impact. There's a lot of good, cool stuff happening. Uh, so like and I know there's a there's a fight for oxygen in wrestling these days. There's a lot of wrestling on TV. There's arguably too much wrestling on TV when you look at how many days of the week have wrestling shows on them. But I think Impact respects your time, and it's it's two hours every week. It's not five or even more than five for some companies. It's two hours. You can sit down. You can enjoy your stories. You can go back next week. It's I think it's it's one of the easier watches that, that both respects your time and gives you your value for money for those those two hours you spend every week, and maybe three if you just join us on a Friday night for an Impact Plus special. Okay, I need to get into this post-production. Who the hell do I have to talk to about this? I have given so much shit to the post-production crew. I need to know. I make this joke on the post show that Cresta and I do on Fightful. Impact can always go 99% and never 100. And I mean that in the most loving way because we typically have glowing things to say about the show. Who the hell do I have to talk to about the post-production <laughs> issues? Because Garrett, I'll come after you if I have to. I'll do it. Yeah, it's actually, it's my fault. You can you can come to our, oh, you want to <laughs> fight me now, do you, Joel? That's it. I was in Canada last month. Not a word was said. And all of a sudden, Joel <laughs> wants to take me out. He wants to drag me around and beat the shit out of me and be like, produce the show better, God damn it. Listen, if they were running Rebel next time they were in town, but they're not, then I would invite you for an ass kicking. Instead, they're going to run Mississauga. No one wants to go to Mississauga. No one wanted to go to Rebel either. That's a hard place to get to. But anyway. Don't you besmirch the good name of the Battle Arts Academy. Where are you training? Not there. 
Joel doesn't train. Are you kidding me? Joel, Joel isn't training at all. Joel's trying to get into fights with the post-production people right now. He's yeah, he just wants Harry. to take people out. People trying their best, doing a good job, putting yeah. out a good show every weekend. Joel wants to tear them down and fight them. Despicable behavior. I'm invited on as a guest. You fought over me at the start. You fought. It's like, oh, we're getting Garrett on. Now we want to fight him. God, it's a bit of trap. This is why Macklin's going to beat you up, Joel. You're, you're a jerk. He's a coward. What's he going to do? Come after me and Tara's groin again? What are we doing here? You're you're being a jerk. Joel. No, I'm not. Actually, but I do. I do say loving. Like there, there is um, there there is this like feeling that there's so much potential within Impact, even like 20 years later on things like the post-production side. And I, I am excited because there was the report that came out not too long ago about post-production or just production as a whole, getting some upgrades. And I think that there will be some uh, some changes that come with that in a good way. So I bring it up mostly as like a positive. Didn't mm. sound positive. Didn't, yeah, I care. I'll fight Garrett. Hold on I'll fight Garrett. That's different. You're, you're never getting a WWE scoop again, Jeremy. <laughs> what did I do? Another Wait a second. University scoop. You are guilty <laughs> by association. Oh, that happens a lot with Joel. He gets me in trouble just because they, they, I don't like them though. I don't like, I do this show because nobody else is available. That's hey, the all, problem. All I'm saying is who replies, who replies to emails requesting interviews from impact? Who gets the replies, Jeremy? Cause it ain't you. Now you right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I gave my favorite moment earlier with angle across a thousand moments. What are your favorite moments? I unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but I actually like to go back to the early days. This isn't technically like a moment or anything, but I like the early days where they had when they were on Fox Sports One and the overlay that had like the sports presentation. Again, I realize this is not a moment, but I really enjoyed that kind of presentation of of the show and the the countdown box, which you yelled at me one time, Garrett, because I posted the Monty Brown clip and I thought the the uh, clock was going up. And it was at like nine minutes and it was going down. I was like, why are Monty Brown and Disco Inferno wrestling in a nine minute match? <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's actually counting down. I was like, yeah, I probably should have paid more attention to that. Um, but I, I actually like the the early days. I'll never forget the, you know, the big head to head show with WWE and, and Jeff Hardy uh, and Homicide getting stuck in the red cage and everything like and these are not the, the best moments in the world. Uh, but that those are certainly moments that. I don't think anybody will forget as as an impact fan. The, yeah, uh, the, I love the Fox box. I'm stunned more people didn't try and do something like the Fox box. It was something like, I much... I love because like I, that 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 show aired at like three o'clock or, or something uh, weird. In the afternoon here. on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd get home from school. I was in like high school at the time. I get home from school. I'd be like, oh cool, I got wrestling to watch now. And like it was just part of my routine when I got home and. Hey, I, I love the Fox box though. I they should bring that back. That's one. That's my request. The six sided ring Fox box for one Impact One Thousand. Yeah, because like Ring of Honor did it for like pure title matches, which I thought was cool with the, the on screen display, and no one else has ever done it. And I like it's obviously it's more of a production lift. You do have to put effort into doing it, but I, I think it's a cool thing. Like all sports have that. They tell you who's on screen and why and how long is left and whatever they're doing. Especially like even AEW is a company that has time limits, so I think it makes more sense for them to put it on screen, but no one's used it. Ace is an AIDS funeral. 
Oh, you see, there's two feud. There's the Team 3D feud around the Aces and Eights one, and they're both tremendous. The Aces <laughs> and Eights one is my favorite because they spent the entire time telling you how much this, the angle they just spent a year on absolutely sucked. They're like, this stuff was garbage. Why did we even do it? This is so terrible. Let's all get up there and bury it for five minutes. Oh, by the way, we spent a year on this. <laughs> And it was perfect because it gave everybody what they, it was cathartic for some yeah. people who had invested all of this time. And suddenly they were just like, oh, they feel like we feel. And it didn't matter whether or not it was true. It just worked. And it was so funny. And Joe just, come on. That was just one of the best, the best segments I, I, I remember watching and just clamming onto. And of course, you, you got to hit a kid with a car. Like, of course. Later, later on. <laughs> Poor Richie. I believe uh, Gar- he's not dead. Everyone's always makes mistakes. Everyone's like, Richie is dead. I believe Richie canonically survived. And everyone's always like, Mickey James died when she was pushed in front of a train. No, she didn't. She wrestled like two weeks later. Get your TNA lore right, people. Eric Young's not dead. Everyone's like, oh, it's all in <laughs> No, dies. Yeah, nobody dies in, in this uh, world of impact wrestling. You only uh, die well, when we kill you dead. That's the only time. Yeah. Or we lock you in the undead realm only to come back when your other contracts expired. If you die in the undead realm, you're dead for good. I think that's the way it works. That's the reason Ali can't come back. Ali and Luchasaurus gone for good. Uh, I'm not sure about the karate man. He did pull Ethan Page's heart out. Yeah. That seemed pretty definitive, but he might be able to wrestle without her. Eric Young also seemed pretty definitive, but he just got on his motorbike and drove away. So (laughs) popped up blood, felt better, and he's like, I'm a thought. And it's like, you're a what? Are you? You can't be killed. This man. He's a concept. He's an idea. He lives forever in our hearts and minds. And he can never lose a match again as a result of this. Good for him. I believe that the 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 implication of that is that Impact is then canonically a shared fever dream where everybody is a thought or an idea, and thus, if you see them die, they are they are not actually dead because it only lives in our minds. Is that what? Whenever the the finale for Impact is, which they at this point are never going to have a finale. Yeah, episode but, like seven thousand and sixty three. <laughs> is that the actual finale? It's Jeff Jarrett, who I assume will still be alive and, and part of the business on all of this. Still it's, people it's, it's the snow globe. He just has a snow globe, and it's just like just wakes up from the dreams. Like what? What just happened with all of this? And here, that's what it is. Impact was just a giant Jeff Jarrett fever dream. Yeah, in the year of our Lord, 2002, in like March 2002, he'll just wake up again and be like, good God, <laughs> what an adventure I'm going to have for 20 years. I have to tell the world about Dixie. I have to tell them now. <laughs> did you see her on the NWA? Or not the it was OVW. OVW, yes. Yes, I did. I that was, was writing that article this morning. I was like, oh, bless. Bless that they, EC3, called in the connection to, to get Dixie out there or whoever ended up making the phone call. Uh, Gary, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. Really appreciate it. Let everybody know where they can find you at. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney. I also hold a TNA history podcast called You've Got to Be Kidding Me, where we cover TNA one month at a time. We're currently on October 2005, so right at the start of the spike year. So it's a good period to jump on. So me and my co-host, Liam, who you can follow on Twitter at the Gleet Muda, because he gives out to me if I don't plug his Twitter on other podcasts. He gave out to me for that once. He's like, it's only good podcast etiquette to plug your co-host's Twitter on other podcasts, too. I agree. I I do that all the time. So, yes, I agree with you. I agree with him. So, yeah, you can listen to You've Got to Be Getting Me on your, your podcast platform of choice. And, of course, Victory Road tonight as as we speak on our Impact Plus fight and UT Ultimate Insiders. 
And then Impact 1000 is taped tomorrow in the Westchester County Center in uh, White Plains, New York, airs next Thursday on Access TV and YouTube Insiders. So there you go. Look, look at those smooth plugs. Don't I know my stuff? <laughs> and you can also catch Garrett on the Impact social media between five and eight minutes after something happens on another show, <laughs> plugging impact as well. And how it exactly. all references to impact. Thank you so it much. It all goes Garrett. back to that Jeff Darrett snow globe. Everything is in there. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.